Hello, creepy crawlies, and welcome, welcome back to another exciting episode of Ice Cream Queens. And we have a very interesting show. We have a love, our friendly, awesome guest that you're going to enjoy. I almost called him lovely, but maybe he is lovely. So, but let's go ahead and bring in my co-host. I think we have Kat and Lauren this <laughs> evening. Hey, hey, he's lovely. How are you, lady? He's lovely, good. How lovely, are you doing? lovely guest. Lovely, lovely guest. <laughs> good. How are you? you? Tripping over my tongue, obviously. Still, still uh, recovering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I think everybody in the city of Memphis is either fighting off the flu, has had the mm. flu. Um, I know I'm I'm still recovering from it. It sounds like Lauren, you're fighting it. Kat, how are you? Yeah. I'm um holding up okay, knock on wood. Yeah, oh, I know. Everybody's had like COVID around too. Again. Oh, I thought we were around with that. Time to, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Round yeah. two fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like round thirteen at this point. I don't even It really, it really is. You're not lying. Well, and honestly, in certain environments that you work in, you're exposed to things like that a whole lot more. I, I, mean, I don't want to tell you how many times I've had a cotton swab shoved up into my brain. Oh. It's just, I'm like, oh gosh, no. At I least they do don't do that anymore. Yeah, they don't do it as bad as when they first started testing. When they first started testing, man, that thing was back at, now they're just like, okay, I didn't even let him do that. I think the girl went for the swab and she was really trying, I just grabbed her wrist and I was like, nope. You're done. <laughs> I already know. I already know I have it. So you don't have to go any, but it's not a good swab unless I tickle your brain. I'm like, nope. Nope. Sure We're not going to tickle the my next brain. Day, it, it, it was what it was. So <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go that far if your brain's find out if you have COVID. No, no I had to get one for uh, the flu that I had a couple, uh, not last week, but the week before. And I promise it was like, my eyes were watering. It was all the way up in my nose. I'm like, going, no. you hate me. You hate me. No. Yeah. There's no need for all that. Ow. Hey, so um, I don't really have a whole lot of pre-show chatter, but I do want to mention two events. Um, the first one is MCFC, which is one of the local, the Memphis comic and fantasy convention. Um, and this is the Piranha Room. It's a goth dance party. And um, I know it says that we are the DJ slash host. <laughs> I know that we've discussed that we are not DJs. And, and Kat, are you going to be able to join us on that one? I will not. I will be in Nashville seeing the Dropkick Murphys that night at the Ryan. Lucky you. I got tickets to that. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Okay. Um, so I guess it's just you and I, Lauren? Yes. Okay. That's fine. We can and handle DJ. it. I'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. DJing. DJ. You can do it. You can DJ. No. Are they letting y'all DJ? Are y'all getting to DJ? I think we it's pretty know. much like, here's a playlist. Pause it and be like, hey, guys. <laughs> In between some songs. That's about all, all I got. That's, that's kind of, I think, what happened with the whole um, uh the burlesque event that we went to. is just like, we're going to MC. We don't know when. We don't know how. All yeah. right, we're here. We're here. We're doing Here's it. your script. We're going to throw that away and make up our own. Yeah. <laughs> we that happened too. <laughs> well, I okay. didn't know if y'all were spinning the tunes that night. If they just let y'all just go ahead and have, you know, you don't have to, not the emceeing, but just the like, you know, mixing the I music up. Hoping, 
I am hoping that there is a playlist and all we're going to do is go play, keep it going, play, I think, keep it going. I, yeah. I think that's, oh, a bit that's more missing the all line. the fun. That's when you, you know, all the goth tunes to play. I don't know that that would be a good time actually. Uh, yeah, we might be mixing up the the playlist and adding our own. <laughs> this in. one sucks, Skip. <laughs> I know. We're not going to play this one. Um, and then the other event is on December the 10th, and that is the Yule Masquerade, which is going to be hosted by our friends at the Broom Closet, and it's going to be at Black Lodge. And there's an awesome band playing. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> wink, like wink, nudge, nudge. It looks like a yeah. band of people we might know. Very possible. Very possible. But yeah, uh, the crows will be there. We're, we're doing the opening set, and then we ha there's a some belly dancers that are going to be there. There is a uh, a Krampus, a, a really really good. Ex um, I'm not sure if he's on stilts, but I'm thinking he might be. Um, oh, friend wow. of our yeah, uh, we're, uh, Victorian Saint Nick. So yeah, we're, it's going to be so. So be looking because I'm probably going to be calling on y'all going, hey, we might need some stuff. Y'all come, come help. Come help. Come help. That's fair. Must That's play Echo in the... Agreed. Yes, Funny I agree. Man. Agreed. Y'all yes. yes. might be DJing this event. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. So what about... For pre-show yeah. chatter, I know that you were wanting to talk about uh, the Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser movie with someone. I finally sat down and <gasps> watched it. Um, <sighs> I, have you seen it all the way through yet? Yes. Yes. Twice. Have you seen it? Twice. I have not seen Twice. it. No. Uh, I liked it. I really, really liked it. I thought it was um, very interesting the way that they, the Cinebites were there and they're very like that is obviously this character, but it is there's little tweaks and stuff that's different. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. And I got really excited for it. Okay. So I want to tell you what I loved about it. Um, I loved that uh the redesign on the characters, um, the kind of got them out of that whole leather SM, you know, BDSM look. Yeah, it's like we all like that, but then again, there's an elegance of the redesign and, and the fact that they did finally go to a character that was more along the lines of, I think, what was uh, created in Clyde Barker's original vision in the books with the female character, uh, with a female pinhead, mm -hmm. which also kind of leans into, um, if you're still reading the comic, Kirsty Cotton is now um, the hell priest, or at least where I'm at. She's the hell priestess, and she has kind of become the new pinhead, and pinhead has been relieved of duty. So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm loving that. What I did not like about it is the original series. They spent all of this time creating this beautiful, um, or yeah, I guess you'd say it was beautiful hellscape. You didn't really get that so much. You got a couple of corridors, and um, mm. I was kind of missing that aspect of it. I loved uh, the story was great. Everything I loved everything about it, but. Um, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of the hell, the hellscape. Um, and then anytime they're shooting outdoors, I feel like that can be a budgeting issue. So there was that whole segment that they were outside. Mm -hmm. I loved the segment outside that that was one of my favorites where they're in the car and they're yeah. trying to get away. And like the stairs keep trying to appear wherever they had stopped and it keeps like opening the walls and it's following them. I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. And that made me very happy. I love, of course, I've loved the house and the, the way that the house kind of moved and became the, okay, I'll stop there. No, no, no. Yep. Well, it reminded well, me it, of a. Uh, spoiler alerting now. 
Spoiler yes, alert. it yes. reminded me of okay. Thirteen Ghosts. Spoiler with the house. Alert. It did very much so. Um, it had that vibe. Um, I love Thirteen Ghosts. I, I really do wish that they would go back and do a um, origin story version of that, so we could see the Thirteen Ghosts. Um, yes. yes. So I yes, if you haven't seen it, I do recommend seeing the new Hellraiser. I think it's beautifully done. Um, I think it kind of it's a good start to kick us into a new series, and I hope that they maintain the. Um, the design and the drive and they kind of keep it don't because you know the first hellraiser in the series originally was a great movie and then they just kind of went after that so but i mean i love the characters but yeah i want to see this one and i want to see more and i just want to see it maintain that level and just continue to escalate fair fair yeah. i liked about all the way up to about three or four on the original Hellraisers. And then for me, they started going downhill. Uh, the only thing I did not like about this new one is to me, the beginning was a little bit slow, which I guess you kind of expect they have to build the background and who is this guy and all of that with a mansion and the house. Mm -hmm. Um, it did take me a couple times to like sit down and restart it. Like, okay, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to get through it. Um, Let's see here. Eli Cash says declined after four from what I've gotten. Yes. Yes. Go through like, uh, if I'm, I'm assuming that you're saying that you watched the first four and they kind of started to decline after that. So no, I agree. I agree. So we do have an awesome guest with us this evening and we would like to go ahead and bring our guest in. Hello, Hello Queens. Hey. Hello, how are you? So, I'm doing great. Wonderful. This is Chef Tony, and Chef Tony is going to be joining us this evening to talk about one of our favorite. What are you eating? Creme brulee. Okay. Show, uh, it. Show, show it. Show it. Show it. Yeah. Well, I already it. stabbed it. <laughs> but one of our favorite topics, and we're going to talk about eating and and food and all of the gross stuff that goes alongside food and horror so so tony please give us a quick overview of who you are and what you do and how you uh, I'm, here. I'm uh the head chef of and i'm uh, sorry i should say executive chef and owner of bike club uh we've been in business for uh about eight years now uh it's i run the entire business myself i do have some help uh when needed uh we do small catering jobs but we basically started with making uh all natural and preservative free beef jerky. From there, we grew to uh, rubs and uh, barbecue sauces, hot sauces. Uh, we make organic pet treats uh, and uh, baking uh, extracts. So, and we're just, we're constantly expanding. So whatever catches my eye, I'm like, I could do that. You just said one of my favorite words ever, beef jerky. Which, oh, <laughs> yeah. if you've never been, go check out my website. I have uh, like 13 flavors. I even have vegan jerky. So, oh. Is it the mushroom kind? No, no. I use oh. um I use a uh, tofu base. Interesting. Oh. Okay. It's, it's a lot of my vegan uh, fans absolutely love it. They've they've tried a lot of other brands and they're like, there's no no comparison. All right. Well, might be getting an order from me then. Beef jerky. Yeah. Husband, if you're watching this, just <laughs> jot that down on the to-do list. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, what is the first rule of Bike Club? The first rule of Bike Club is you talk about Bike Club. Hell yeah! There. yeah. <laughs> you talk, you, you spread the word. It's not with your mouth full. <laughs> Unless you're I'm eating just, beef jerky, and then you exactly. can do that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Just, you know. 
It's when you get that whole like. (laughs) That's the best compliment I could ever get right there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I have to ask, because obviously, you know, the whole tip play on Fight Club. Are Mm -hmm. you, were you a Fight Club fan? Do you like the movie? No. um, I mean, I do enjoy the the movie um, and the book itself. Uh, The name did come from it. But when we first started, we started as kind of like an underground dinner club. So, and it it got just too popular uh, to where we were getting shut down before we even started up. And it was basically like, hey, guys, you need to stop talking about this and they're like oh it's like fight club and i'm like fight club so uh once we uh disbanded from there i I went solo and here i am i didn't even register i i've been hearing the name (laughs) bite club this whole time fight club didn't even pop my head i'm like oh it's vampires vampires. (laughs) it's funny story so i went to go register bite club on my website and it's taking by an icelandic vampire s&m club so, Yay, right. I'm not the only one who thought I, I'm, I'm I, did. I thought of Fight Club when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did too, but now I want to go to Iceland. I'm very curious now. Bite yeah. Club should go cater Bite Club. Just say I, I would love to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That would be Call me up. I would love to do it. I will do a themed a catering menu oh, for you guys all day long. A vampire oh, have, like, ginger vampire S&M club. Oh yeah, in Iceland. Is that yep? What? A vampire S&M club. So they they own the big club name. So I love it so. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Okay, so no, I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so. We have a topic. We, we do. It is it's not, not a bondage. No, it's not. What's the number one item on the menu? Oh, awesome. Okay. Which one? There we go. His menu uh, I, or... My menu is Vampire SM Club. That's the spanking. <laughs> yeah, um, my best seller is my teriyaki beef jerky by far. Uh, I released a dill pickle hot sauce about Ooh. two years ago. It has quickly become my best seller. Ooh, wow, okay. that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, and everything everything I do is made to order. Like, I don't pre-make anything. So when you place the order, I go ahead and make it. I have a butcher who I get meat deliveries from three times a week. Uh, and I just I go ahead and just start making it right when you order it. So there's nothing ever sitting out. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. okay. That's awesome. We do have a audience participation question. Okay. Hey, hey. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. What? Is the weirdest thing someone has ever talked you into eating? And Tony, we're asking you this first, and then it goes out to our our watchers. Okay, so when I was a kid, um, my grandfather, who was a chef, he had a friend who was just independently wealthy, lived out in Wisconsin, had like 300 acres or something like that. He would go on safaris all over the world, and once a month, my grandfather would get a box of just meat, random meat, and it was just whatever he decided to send over. So I'm, you know, eight, nine years old. I'm eating alligator. I'm eating kangaroo. I'm eating, you know, all this stuff. The weirdest thing though, is uh, my grandfather made it one time and there were these little chickens and I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's chicken. Just eat it. So I ate it and I'm like, it was pretty good. He's like, it wasn't chicken. It was baby squab and baby squab is pigeon. Yep. So, and I'm like, I I hope you got, you didn't get like the pigeons that fly around in Chicago. 
You said baby chickens, oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's pigeon. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> raccoon. I've actually, actually eaten raccoon jerky. So there was a comment. Can we pop it back up? And it was from Toy Robot Visual like eating Arts. A bear. It says raccoon, and it did not go well. I'm well, I mean, did you did you scoop it up off the side of the road and eat it? Like, yeah, that's not going to go well. <laughs> no. But, honestly, there's a good possibility that could have been the case. Probably not by him. But uh, mm. Joey the Birdie oh, says, toss up between duck. fermented duck eggs and haggis. Fermented what? duck eggs could go either way. They could either be prepared and they're fantastic, or they could be prepared and they're absolutely gut-wrenching horrific so it just uh, a true a true master chef could do it really good but that's far and few now we uh i i was there for that occasion um <laughs> we were trying to make like homemade ramen and we we went to the international market we bought all the stuff and we we're like oh duck eggs that would be great and um we didn't know that you're supposed to do anything with them mm -hmm. we just thought it was like eggs and so we tried to, you know, prepare them how we would for ramen with them slightly hard boiled and all of that. And actually, I think they came hard boiled. Like it said on the box. And we're like, oh, that's perfect. And we cracked them and we're just like, I think these have gone off. I, th I think <laughs> I think these are expired. Um, didn't know they were supposed to do more to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to research that more next time before I just blindly buy something thinking it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, so always, always best, especially at the international market. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kat, so quick question. Uh, can you tell everybody how they can participate on our show? Well, That's if watching. you would like to participate with us tonight, you can comment and follow along on, what is it, Spotify and what is it, Apple Music maybe and YouTube. YouTube. Facebook, and also there will be links on our Instagram pages as well. So if you want to drop a comment to us or a question, feel free. All right. So, okay. Now, since we are Eli, Eli, <laughs> what? Eli has commented something. What? Pizza on the curb. <laughs> it only got weird when I've gotten to a street fight with a rat that isn't Splinter. Yay, we love Eli so much. We love him so much. So we, I didn't get Kat's answer for the food of the weirdest food. Oh, man. I've eaten so many gross and strange things, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, you know, honestly, I was a kid and I was on an Indian reservation. And I remember, like, they had this carving station and... You know, I'm like the little girl with the plate and I don't know if it was bear or what it was that they were carving. I, I was under the assumption it was bear at the time I was eating it, but it was something that you don't normally eat, you know, and it's got the little like red heat lamp on it. And I was just like, yeah, I want that. So I couldn't honestly tell you what it was, but I think it was something along the lines in that family. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just something you don't normally eat you know, or it's presented to eat. We did, um, I will say, I'm trying to think, I've had frog legs before, oh, but that's more that's of like good. a Southern thing. And that's, mm, they taste like chicken. It's not really that strange at all. But I will it's tell gross. you at one point, I missed out. <laughs> you said it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> at, one, 
At one point, we did it tastes have, like chicken. Eat chicken. <laughs> we had a restaurant here, not too far from where I'm at, actually. And it, at one time, I think it was called like Dundee's or something like that. And they used to bring in wild game, from what I understand. And like you could eat all kinds of, which I'm not. I'm not a fan of like you know killing wild game and that type of thing. For but I mean, if they're using it as food, a little different, I guess. But you know, at the same time. It's a lot of controversy right there. But yeah, if, if I were, if somebody, yeah, if it were there, I would have probably eaten something if it were cooked and prepared by a chef. So my answer is grits. What? 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 Right. That's normal. I was half raised up north, Wisconsin. On the move down here, we stopped at some diner, got breakfast. Now, I'd never had grits before. The lady put a bowl in front of me and I was like, what is this? I am a child now, please. Just remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this? Oh, it's mashed potatoes. You'll love it. <laughs> it's not mashed potatoes. Not mashed potatoes. And I cannot, to this day, the only grits I can stand is if it's Cajun. There's some like shrimp kind of stuff going on with it. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. But grits just in general. Like, grits for breakfast or a no, th- no, no, no for you. No, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's like eating liquid cement. Like it, it's going to weigh you down. You're gonna go into a coma for three fourths no. of the day. It's nah. Keep in mind, I'm a Chicago boy. There. So uh, okay, all right, okay. So I'm a Southern girl. I grew up in, yeah. in this neck of the woods and spent a lot of time in New Orleans. So yes, um, grits is <laughs> what the fuck. I mean, what the crap is it? <laughs> I know it's always me. Um, <laughs> it's always me. Um, I would say okay. So my the weirdest thing that I have ever eaten would be pig brains mm. all right yeah i'd try it i'd try anything nope no nope. how was it how it was, was nasty it? it was i was young so i don't remember that much about it but my mother used to make pig brains and scrambled eggs and it was something that she and and she grew up eating and i'm like what was your mom feeding you this is nasty um <laughs> There are just some so, things that are not meant to be eaten, and pig brains is one of them. I'm sorry. So, so you weren't having a lot of sleepovers as a kid, were you? Mm-mm. Not really. Not really. No, actually, you know, even in this, it's not. It wasn't. It really wasn't that weird here. I mean, I knew other people who ate it. Like everybody in our neighborhood knew about it and would eat it. And I was like, "Ooh, that's nasty." I just I can't get past what it was. was. Feet. I think I've seen the feet in grocery oh, stores. I, oh. I swear I've feet, seen yeah. like strange things like that every yeah. once in a while. Going not to a bad. grocery store that I don't normally go to, I'll be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> That's not something that so, I usually cook. But so, of course, Magda can't, um, she can't be here, but she did give us a list of questions and she's got some awesome questions that she has kind of set aside for Chef Tony. Uh, the first one is she was wanting to know what is the most bizarre dish that you have ever consumed? Uh, um, Other than squab. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I have a fear of snakes. Um, I'm I'm not a big snake fan, and I actually ate rattlesnake uh, one time, barbecue rattlesnake. Um, it was literally just the skin was peeled off it. It was on a spigot, and they were just slicing people pieces off and uh that took a lot for me to to get over but i was like if i'm gonna get over this fear this is a good place like i might as well eat the soul of my enemy you know to to win over the fear so 
So I, it might not be weird to a lot of people, but for me, that was weird. That was, that was really stepping outside of my comfort zone. But did you like the texture? Yeah. Like how did it taste in the texture? I, it tasted like if you overcooked, not tasted, the texture was like if you overcooked chicken for a little bit too long on the grill, like it it had that tough texture. It was a little bit dried out. It had a little bit of an oily feel to it, but it, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. So, uh, if you know, I, I, I'd eat it again. Uh, her next question is, is there anything is okay. Is there a food that you are unwilling to try? Sauerkraut. What? <laughs> I, so, uh, sauerkraut, I ate it once as a kid. Um, I violent, I violently vomited all over the oh. kitchen table after eating okay. it. Ever since then, I've never eaten it. Okay, so that makes sense. I, I, I refuse to eat it, like even as an adult. And your taste buds change every seven years. Like I, there was stuff I hated as a kid. I absolutely love now. Sauerkraut is definitely off the table. No, I get a no. whiff of it. I walk into a German restaurant and I'm like, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. <laughs> or no Reuben sandwiches. Or no, oh, no. no, no, I can't do Reuben's. And here's here's the funny thing about that. I love cabbage. Love it. I love pickles. Love it. You put those two together. <laughs> I, lo- I love kimchi. You heat it up. I'm done. I, I can't do it. Can't do it. I've never had kimchi. Mm, kimchi is it, it's done right. It is absolutely delicious. I want to one day try it. I'm afraid I'm because I've hear, heard it has to be done right. And so I'm afraid it's going to be another one of those like egg catastrophes I, I didn't do it right and the, so i i want to go to a nice restaurant like a good place to get it and try it there yeah so, with kim with kimchi it's real easy to where if you mess it up you can make yourself really sick because it can go bad really fast and really really bad like it noted. you'll smell it before you consume it but yeah it, it could happen so definitely go to someone who knows how to make it it's actually very easy but it's very easy to like mess it up down the road so uh, but definitely give it a try. It's it's wonderful. So Toy Robot had a question. Um, and is there a way that you would cook rattlesnake to make the texture better? I would probably smoke it first. Uh, let the let the smoke do its work, uh, get in there, and then uh, probably just finish it mm, on, a, on a cold side of the grill. Just uh, not just over indirect heat. Uh, that would probably keep the, the moisture up. And uh, that, that would probably... In, like make the texture a lot better than just you know sticking a steak through it and cooking it over an open flame. And I'm just sitting here like southern as as heck, like fry it. That might make it nice and uh you like gator. Fry. Fried gator? <laughs> yeah, oh I I love gator. Gator's one of my favorite foods out there. But I mean you could deep fry a garden hose and someone's gonna put ranch on it and eat it. So yeah, that's true. So, that's true. That's, I, I frying is almost like a cop out to like, oh, uh, this is kind of uh bad chicken. I'll just toss in the deep fryer, it'll it'll kill everything on it. And it's true, it will, but it's you know, yeah. So one of the things that was very interesting is prior to get into getting into culinary arts, you actually worked in film. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the things that we were wanting to kind of talk about was um in horror, in, in horror movies, there's a whole lot of use of food. Um oh yeah. Is there any, okay, first of all, are there any props that you've ever, like food related props that you've ever created and, um, or what, what has been your experience with film and food? Uh, so the, the film I basically did, I did a lot of uh, government work. So like libraries, museums, stuff like that. It was an untapped market. 
I got in there, I was I was cleaning up left and right. So I really didn't have time to go out and make my own films. Um, but when I was in college, I actually did make a horror prop by accident. I was making homemade gummy bears one day, and I I messed it up, and I I left the spatula spatula on the wax paper, and I peeled it up, and it had the like perfect texture for like a deep scar. And it, so like, I was like, okay, I could do this again. I made it again and kind of like applied it to my face and it looked really, really good. And then what's cool is you could just like peel it off and eat it. So, <laughs> oh, that'd be great for a zombie film. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I mean, if you're talking like full mainstream uh, uh, movies, food has always been used. Uh, George Romero made it, did it in Dawn of the Dead. Like they had to make it on the cheap. I think their budget was only like, like $500,000 to make that film. So when the zombies were actually eating people, they were eating whatever lunch was served that day. So it was like meatball subs covered in chocolate syrup uh, because it was shot in black and white. Chocolate syrup looks exactly like blood. And yeah. uh, yeah, they would just, they would just cover it. And um, they had a butcher that was giving them day old pork. So they had like ham hocks that they would use and they would substitute for the people's legs and stuff like that. And they would just dive in and eat chocolate covered ham, which is not good. <laughs> that sounds awful. It, it is. It's, that sounds like it, something it, Buddy the Elf would eat. Oh yeah, and, and I have, made, I have made it. Yeah. Yes, yep. he's made the Buddy the Elf spaghetti. Was yep. it nasty? It was not that bad. I actually would huh. do it again. I was actually going to do it for a yearly thing. It kind of just fell off the radar, though. So, are there any food? Um, items or food recipes that you've seen in movies that you're like, I want to recreate that. I like to, do you like to recreate what you see in film or? Do oh yeah. Yeah. D during the early pandemic, um, I, because business was slow, the catering jobs fell off. I was doing videos from home and I wasn't doing movie uh, foods because everyone was doing that. I was doing cartoon foods. So <laughs> I, I, so the, uh, my biggest one was I did the American dad episode where he opens a restaurant and he goes through all the foods he used to eat. And I made a Captain Crunch tempura. And um, oh, what was the other one? It was so long ago. I'm sorry. I can't remember it. But uh, and then the other one I did was, and my very first one was, in an episode of Family Guy, Peter Griffin sits in his car and makes a panini sausage, Reese's peanut butter cup, Cadbury egg sa uh, panini. It was, so I recreated it exactly how he made it. And I bought it, I, all the ingredients I bought from a corner grocery store, like gas station thing. It was the grossest thing I've ever eaten in my life. It was sure, like. I'm sure. It sounds nasty. Yeah. Reese's it, with the, the yeah, Cadbury egg. Is how it... it was just basic white bread, cheap sausage links. I mean, like they were 99 cents for like 15 of them. They were absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, Reese's peanut butter cups. And then I actually broke a Cadbury egg over it pressed it and then cooked it in a panini press it was the smell was nasty it yeah i couldn't get that out of my kitchen for like three days oh, oh god did yeah. you do any uh off off topic of horror but did you do any like uh anime studio ghibli any of those kind of food because every time i watch anything from that i'm just sitting there like the food uh i did i loved watching the first season of food wars and mm. I had a goal of going through and writing down what they were making. And I wanted to recreate everything. Um, it just got way too fast and furious for me to, to keep up with it. And uh, then business started opening it up. So I like I had to stop the at-home shoots to go back to, to doing the catering stuff. 
Uh, I I have made the Ninja Turtle um, pizza goiza before, though. I recreated oh! that from the, from the Ninja Turtle cartoon. Wait, I actually just watched that episode recently. Um, the Nickelodeon yeah. animated? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan. I love them. I have them tattooed on my arm. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so like random favorite Ninja Turtle. Uh, it depends. I have, right now, it's Raphael. Uh, just just because it's I so find angry. my yeah angry, but he's got a great heart, and yeah. I, I find with dealing with the general public these days, I'm more Raphael than yeah. But through my life, I could actually map out how I was a I embodied each Ninja Turtle like growing up and stuff like that. So so they they mean the world to me. Like they got me in the martial arts as a kid. They they taught me right from wrong. Like that Ninja Turtles were like my lifeblood as a kid. Howabunga. Yeah, howabunga. <laughs> Speaking of um, uh, cartoons and animation and, and food, so um, one of the thank you, Jerry. I like Donatella too. Um, Donnie Ross. I love Donnie. Um, one of my favorite animes is Black Butler, and they have these really long, drawn out sequences where he is preparing food and he's, I mean, he's presenting it and setting it out, and it's just amazing. And those are the ones that I'm, I'm like. I want to recreate that. That looks awesome. Mm -hmm. That looks. So you were referencing the uh, George Romero Dawn of the Dead, Dawn mm -hmm. of the Dead, where um, they were eating Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. So um, they did something very similar um, with Walking Dead. The episode the where, horse. huh? Is it the horse? In the beginning, like the first. No. Episode? no? Okay. Oh no no no! I was thinking. Of... <laughs> I was thinking the um, the episode where. Um, rick bites out one of the somebody's neck he like rips out their neck and they use like raw chicken so he gets mm. like this big mouthful of raw chicken it's it's really nasty but it, i mean it was it was done very well it looked really cool and i'm just chicken why why raw chicken raw anything else raw i i don't know yeah. <laughs> i just remember almost uh, gagging thinking. If, if, if you slice it thin enough it has a very very similar skin look to it uh it's it could you could blend it in really well with makeup that's good to know. Yeah, I'm just, then, I'm just still sitting here like there's no, her inspo. No, not again. Yeah, no. with with, pro with processing these days, salmonella. The chance of getting it from just doing one take on a on a TV set, it, it's it's you wouldn't get it. That's You'd be it. fine. So, what has been the most fascinating use of food in in horror specifically, or in movies in general? Um, whether it be a prop or whether it be because uh, I know we've talked about horror food and horror before, and we talked about like Freddy Krueger's pizza. And, yes, uh, yeah. So what has been the most interesting use of food in uh, let's go ahead and just say in horror. I, I, th I think the, the proper usage of props using the food as props has been, I, it takes so much, like you, you just can't look at something and go, Oh, that's going to work. Romero made it work just because he was desperate. But the guys who did like the exorcist and everybody knows that was split pea soup. The problem was they went through like eight different brands of split pea soup to get the right consistency. So that means they had to, they had to build the machine to propel it out when it didn't work. They had to clean it, reset it, you know, so they were trying all this different soup and then and screen testing it and stuff like that. So um, Campbell's actually lost. They, their, their soup was too thick for it. So if yeah. random, random trivia, because it may come up at a trivia night one night. Anderson's okay. soup is, is what was used. Anderson's split pea Anderson's soup was soup. is what they used Anderson's in Exorcist. I don't even think I know what Anderson's I was about to say, I'm going to have to yeah, I've never even seen now. that. Yeah. If you're talking, though, the most, I, 
Uh-huh, we sure are. If you're talking the most iconic use of food in it, it has to be in cycle. Um, with using the uh, the chocolate syrup as blood in the shower scene. Yeah. I mean, Hitchcock basically almost started a whole revolution of, hey, this could be done like this on the cheap. I mean, you know, it's uh, back then, I think it was like 50 cents or something like that for a huge bottle of it. You know, they could they could do it in four or five takes, still be fine with it and stuff. So uh, I think he started a whole revolution of like, yeah, we could possibly use food uh, to substitute things. And uh, so if you're wondering, Hershey syrup was used in uh, Psycho. Uh, in Night of the Living Dead, it was Bosco chocolate syrup was used for oh. blood. I was watching something recently on, um, probably on Hulu, and it was, um, no, it was Netflix. It was the movies that made us. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I, the one that they were talking about, uh, Tom Savini, who is mm -hmm. FX artist, was talking about uh, the creation and use of fake blood. And he was, they were like sharing the recipe and it was uh, food coloring, caro syrup, and I think Hershey syrup kind of yeah. to kind of give it that texture. They're just, yeah. So um, it's interesting that we find food to be so useful in horror. Cause it, especially when you start taking in consideration that most of the food props that you see on film that actually are supposed to be food or in photographs a lot of times are not. Mm -hmm. um, what, in your opinion, what is the most obvious trick that's used to make foods look appetizing as a prop? Oh uh, God. I mean, it, it all depends how you're, how you want to look at it. If you're looking at like, um, just a, a piece of meat on a, on a tray, you know, it's, they're not going to cook it as much or they just may make it out of like foam rubber. Uh, but it, if they're, if you're talking about like um, actual like blood, blood splatter or organs or anything like that, using, using food like that is it, it's, you have to go through so much to find the right food and you, you go, yeah, it's kind of simple. Like, Oh, spaghetti would work for there, but it really, you know, it, it doesn't. So I think it's just a, it's not the final, what you see on screen, it's how they got there, I think is, is the most magical part of that whole thing. It's, uh, it's just wonderful what they can come up with. Tom Savini, that, uh, actually that blood recipe was passed around my film school. I mean, all the time, like it was almost posted on every bulletin board, like here's how to make fake blood according to Tom Savini. And, uh, <laughs> that, so like everybody knows that recipe. Nice. I'm over here giggling because we keep talking about the foods and horror and which brands and uh, and now now I'm sitting here like we're gonna have the strangest potluck. Someone is gonna walk up with a big thing of split pea soup. Someone else is gonna bring in a bunch of turkey pot pies, and it's all gonna be from different episodes. <laughs> turkey pot pies. We keep bringing that crap. It's up. never like, gonna oh die. Um, well, it, I guess it did, okay. but it's never gonna get old. Oh, it's actually pie. appropriate for this there. time of year when you have leftover turkey and what do people do with it? Then you can make a pot pie. But if it's okay. not Thanksgiving time, I don't understand why you would have turkey pot pie anywhere. So, so we did an episode recently in which we were discussing um, cults. And one of the questions that came up, and it was specifically we were talking about... Uh, Heaven's Gate mm -hmm. and specifically discussing what their last meal was. And it was, they went to, what was it? Like a, a, a buffet. It was like a yeah. delicate, uh, like buffet and ordered. Everybody had the turkey pot pie and at the buffet, mind the you, buffet. you have all the choices, but you they all wanted the same meal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So your last meal is turkey pot pie, and I, oh. and then of course, yeah. Yeah, and then you wash it down with some Kool Aid. Yeah, flavor aid. Yeah, flavor aid. Oh, okay. They didn't even yeah. spring for the good stuff. Now, uh, flavor aid was what was used in Jonestown. Jonestown we're a wealth yeah. of yeah, we're a wealth of like really. Oh, okay. Because Kool Kool Aid is king up here. Yes, it is. Kool Aid yeah. is king here too. So yeah, flavor aid oh, okay. cheap. Yeah, that's the cheap stuff. No oh yeah, does. that's like mm -hmm. the the dollar store, the nickel and dime store. Um, yeah, twenty bucks for a buck, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, no, I have coming soon. I have no. I have. I have. I have pie pastry in my in my refrigerator, and I'm wanting to make a pot pie. Gonna make a turkey pot pie just for you, cat. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I will. I will forego the turkey pot pie bakes. I'm, I. Uh, yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. Uh, when you're making the turkey pot pie, uh, if you actually save the turkey skin from the from the full size turkey, just lay it over the top of the pot pie. Let it cook like that. It'll give like a creepy skin effect on the top. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. So now you do some creepy like foods and stuff for Halloween, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, because and you have a rest, you have a recipe that you're wanting to share with us. Oh yeah, yeah. It's my um my bat wings, uh, which okay. is a, it's a very common recipe. Uh, it's been all over the world. I mean, everybody you you can pull it up on the internet nowadays. Uh, but it's it's what you put into it that makes it special, and um. So, uh, do you want me to run through it for you? Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm gonna ask the cabana boy upstairs if we have a photo. I know we do somewhere, but if he could find, there. Yep, there I am so sorry for the, that quality of picture. Um, okay. like, like I told you, I'm one of those guys that like, all right, we're cooking this, we're gonna lay it out, we're gonna present it for this for this catering party. Make sure to get pictures, and I tell myself that 20 times, and then the end of the night comes and it's just dirty plates, and I'm like, I didn't get no pictures. And no. next time I'm going to get pictures and next time comes around, <laughs> no pictures. I feel like so, that's me every time I put on makeup. I need to take pictures with this makeup. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So what is in, we're going to pop that picture up there so you can kind of tell us a little bit about it and what goes into it. And okay. So uh, the, the bat wings are basically chicken wings. Um, you take a uh, four pounds of chicken wings, you, uh, and, I like to brine them. Not a lot of people do. Uh, brining them is putting them in a, a heavy salt solution uh, for a couple of days. It gets them all nice and moist. Um, but I'll only do it for like six hours because I don't want it to be full of that moisture. I want it to, to kind of take in the flavorings I'm about to put into it. So uh, I'll brine them for like six hours, take them out, pat them dry. Then I'll mix in uh, two cups of dark brown sugar, one cup of uh, less sodium soy sauce, one cup of teriyaki sauce. Now, from here, you could actually adjust it. You have another cup to play with. I like to do a um, my own barbecue sauce in it. That might be biased, but um, you could use any kind of barbecue sauce you want. So it's it's uh, two cups dark brown sugar, one cup soy sauce, one cup teriyaki sauce, and one cup barbecue sauce. The key element to it is a couple drops of pure black food coloring. Those chicken wings suck that color up. You just let them, you throw them in a bag, mush them around a little bit, throw them in the fridge overnight. Next day, dump them in a sheet pan and cook them away. Ooh. They will, as, as they cook, they'll just, they'll just blacken up real, real, real deep. So let me and, ask, uh, I sure. am sensitive to black food coloring. Like I can taste it anytime anyone okay. does anything. Uh, so you, you just said just a couple drops for all of those. Can you taste the dye in the No, not, not at all. Because it, if you're using high quality ingredients, like, um, or like not, you're not, 
I don't want to throw any companies under the bus and say their stuff is crap, but if like, <laughs> if, go ahead, we're good. Yeah. If you're using like, okay, if your teriyaki sauce costs a dollar fifty, it's probably not going to be that thick. It's not going to be that rich. So mm -hmm. uh, by using quality ingredients, the the soy sauce is naturally really really black. The teriyaki, if you get a good one, it's more on the black side than the brown side. Mm -hmm. uh, the dark brown sugar, if you use light brown sugar, it's going to become lighter. So that's why you got to use dark brown sugar. Plus, dark brown sugar has that molasses content in it. So it gives it that rich, rich flavor throughout. Um, after that point, if you need more than two or three drops of, of that black food coloring, it's it, you won't need more than two or three, I promise you. So you, I never taste it. Also, are you talking like just a cheap egg food coloring, like that you buy at no, the grocery store? Like, I've had wedding cakes, like professionally done wedding cakes, where they're there, you know, want to be goth, do the black frosting thing, which I did want originally, but then I tasted it and I was like, <laughs> no, never mind. I was okay. Wrong. Now, now keep in mind to do of you're you're taking something that's naturally white. And you're turning it black. You need a lot of food <laughs> coloring to do that. A lot of food coloring. Um, we're talking bottles of food coloring to do that. So this is you're only requiring two or three, and that's just to bring that 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 dark color just just to tip it over that point. Nice. All right. Yeah. No. So and then you just uh, uh, 350 degree oven for about an hour. And you're gonna send us this recipe so we can share it with our. Yes. Our, with yeah. Our, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you're gonna, I will. I will type it up for you. Is awesome. there any flipping or basting halfway through? No, no, nothing. Uh, because uh, most most chicken wings are are they kind of sit like that, so they naturately have that airflow going underneath them. Perfect. So you, right. you don't need to flip them. It'll keep the the skin will get nice and crispy. Um, don't take the skin off. You know when you when you do it, make sure you get the skin on. Make sure you get the three piece wings, not the you know not the split split wings or anything like that. You want so, and yeah, they're they are they are wonderful. Like, and what's nice, like I said, is you could adjust the flavor. If you like it hotter, throw some cayenne pepper in there in the marinade. If, you know, I've coated them with uh, ground up fiery uh, Cheetos before and Ooh, baked them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, there, it's it's a completely customizable. This is like a base. You can go nuts with it from there. And so I'm, we, I'm already thinking of it. So we're, all, so we're always looking for ways to actually take traditional foods and make them a bit more goth. I think um, <laughs> um, most of the ladies that are... Um, part of this crew love to cook. And one of the things that I have kind of read about, and um, I'm very interested to try um, with things like chocolate cake and turning it like just black using charcoal. So, no, um, there's oh, no. actually, no, no charcoal. You could use charcoal to make it black. That is yeah. a, a, that is a old school technique. Okay. They make a, um, and you can get it on Amazon. They make a rich black Dutch cocoa. Ooh. It is, you open it up and it is like looking into the void and yeah. that will turn your cakes pure black. Oh, pure wow. black. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's, it's only like $10 for like a, um, uh, eight ounce bag. Oh, so you can, you can, and you don't need a lot of it. It's like one cup to, to do that. Oh, I, and and remember ladies, uh, too much charcoal uh, can counteract your birth control. Just a little PSA for you there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, charcoal, charcoal was the standby. That was the old baker's ways to do it. Um, I can't remember when they released that, that rich black Dutch chocolate, but ever since it's been out, like that's what I make my black Halloween cakes with. That's interesting because I've actually seen recipes as, as like current recipes, like people that are posting like how to make the, the dark black chocolate cakes and stuff like that. And they're referencing charcoal, but I'm just, 
and, and I have charcoal powder, like food grade charcoal powder. I just, I've never, I've never used it. And I didn't. Yeah. It, it, it could really throw off flavors. Um, it, it is a it neutral, is. but if you use enough of it, you're going to start, you, you'll start tasting it. So it, it does add a little bit of grittiness sometimes if you don't process it properly and, and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely, like I said, Amazon, just look up a uh, rich black Dutch cocoa powder. Okay. So I also have a, Am I stepping on anybody's toes? Do you have questions, Lauren? I, I did, but go for oh, it. Go ahead. No, please go. You go. Go, go, go. I, I was just wondering if anyone did any like uh, movie watching for this episode because I did sit down with the family and watch a terrible movie um, in preparation because we were talking about killer foods. And so I watched uh, The Ginger Dead Man. Um, <laughs> that movie. Lovely. That movie is amazing. It's yeah. in in a yeah, in a way, yes, it is. <laughs> um, um, Gary Busey in that, like that movie, my God, like they made his teeth look like Gary Busey. Like they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Gary was completely on board. I was like, I'm all for it. Like I haven't seen that movie in, in a bunch of years, but I remember watching it and just like with glee. I loved it. I told my husband part way through, I was like, so I really feel like they just sat Gary down in a booth, didn't even give him a script, and they're just like, yell stuff at the thing. <laughs> and he was just like, all right. And they just, they wrote the script around that. That is what I feel like they did with this movie. Because it was so detached from what he was screaming at the people, and they're mm -hmm. all like, ah! But... In the most happily B-horror movie way. It was yeah. obviously not supposed to be taken seriously. No. Um, like down to the puppet that they were using and and the, the lines that the people had. Obviously not supposed to be a serious horror film. So lots of uh, laughing throughout. <laughs> yeah. uh, as Joey the Roadie just said a second ago, if you could pull it There's been up. like a lot of comments on this yeah. already. <laughs> the movie was a train wreck in slow motion. We could no. not look away. No, no. Um, yeah, at one point, about 20 minutes to the end, I was like, I can't. All right, we're right, I'm stopping. And, we'll, and uh, uh, my husband was just like, well, we're almost 20 minutes on. Yeah. We, we got to finish it now. <laughs> and we did. Yeah, it's uh, what the the poster that you guys threw up there. It doesn't even show like I think that poster was made before because like they redid his teeth for that movie, yeah. the, the ginger dead man's teeth. Like that poster was made before the final creation design of that character because the teeth in that movie are just, I mean, they match Gary Busey's perfectly, but yeah, they 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 should have redid that movie poster just to capture it better. Anyway, so, I was wondering so. if anyone else did any uh, movie watching or. I didn't. I, I didn't do any movie watching this week. But I, I mean, honestly, I mean, I grew. Yeah, there it is. Uh, there it is. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, but of course, I mean, I grew up in in an era where you, Attack uh, of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was, you know, I mean, worst movie. Isn't that the worst movie ever made, or is that Plan Nine from? I would I would say Plan Nine is a lot worse. Okay. Um, Killer Tomato Plan Nine was made with almost a. Um, he was serious about it, and it just turned out to be a horribly awesome movie. Yeah. Killer, Killer Tomatoes was made knowing they were going to be. It, it's Killer Tomatoes is like the new Sharknado. Like they knew they yeah. were making a bad movie, but they just went and had fun with it. 
Yeah, the intentions was to 100% make a bad movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, but but it has survived what three decades now, and people still watch it and love it. They still have matinees of it, and you know, at some theaters and stuff like that. It's that that shows like, hey, we we enjoyed making this. It was an utter piece of crap, but hey, this is what we give you, and people love it. And and there actually was a sequel, um, or. Two possibly. Um, I know Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and then there was uh, was it Revenge of the or Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Maybe Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, that it, is true. They did have their own cartoon series. I remember watching it as a kid. Eli Cash just commented that uh, Killer Tomatoes did have a cartoon series. I remember that. I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mm. I don't know how they could possibly take that and turn it into a cartoon series, but they did. I think it lasted uh, two seasons. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. You know, and when you have a movie, like, um, there's one from Japan. Uh, it's called Deadly Sushi. I've just given you the whole plot. It's Deadly Sushi. It is uh, sushi that comes to life and kills the people eating the sushi. Oh, that's my all, gosh. That's literally the whole movie. That's the whole movie. It's okay. 90 minutes of sushi killing people trying to eat it. So, I think Keisha just commented that she's making a list of all of the bad movies that she's going to watch. So that's one to add. Oh, yeah. Now, there is one that is out of, I want to say it's a Japanese horror movie, and it's called Dumpling. And um, But that one is not, it, it is, yeah, that one is a bit more gruesome and not as campy. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I love. Yep, there it is, Dead Sushi. Okay. That's, yes. Uh, and of course, you know, when you're talking about, those iconic films you cannot not mention Soylent Green. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. By the way, I'm I'm so amused by the fact that there is a drink called Soylent. Oh yeah. I I don't know if that was intentional or not. And if it was intentional, that was the greatest marketing ploy ever because everybody's going to talk about it. And everyone's going to be like, I want to try it. I'll yeah, try it's, it. It's people. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. people. And then, of course, there um, there was one, I think it was from the 80s, called The Stuff. That, the Stuff, uh, yes. And, and it was like starts oozing out of their... You know, I, I love that one and... because it, it rings true about, uh, like, modern times. And I'm sorry, I'm Italian, so I talk with my hands a lot. So That's sorry right. about that. Um, it, it rings true. It's like you have all these corporations, especially with, like, prescription drugs. You're like, oh, yeah, here, it can cure that. But it's going to cause this, 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 and this. In that movie, they were literally warning the people, like, this is going to, this is filled with bad stuff, and people kept eating it. And then they became the stuffed zombies. So it's like, it, it that one, I it, it just rings true to this day. That one's a campy one. It's like, it's not scary at all, but yeah, it's like kind of marshmallow fluff kind of dessert thing. And so yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard watch, but knowing what I know now, and then going back and remembering that movie, I'm like, they were they were actually pretty pretty spot on about a lot of predictions. Oh yes, oh yes. Because yeah. um, I do remember, I think that one. Um, no, it was Soylent Green that was set in. Um, Keisha actually drinks Soylent, and she says it's delicious. But it was uh, Soylent Green was set in twenty twenty two, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is the year of Soylent. This is the the year of Soylent, and yep. Keisha's drinking it. So Keisha, just know you're drinking people. Um, <laughs> Tastes like chicken. So, <laughs> tastes like frog legs. Tastes like rattlesnake. 
<laughs> okay, so we have so many foods. We're gonna have to cry now too. Right. Oh, yeah. I, know. I know. So I have the little ticker going off at the bottom, which is an indicator that we are at the top of our hour. Um, so if I know it goes, it always yes, goes by fast. So um, I do have a couple of additional questions, and if anybody else does, please jump in. Anybody? Uh, anybody? Um, so when you see chefs represented in movies, um, do you ever look at the trope and you're just like, Ooh, it's like, that's so wrong. I don't like that. I mean, what do you, when you, cause I know we all do that when we see our line of work represented on in media, we're always like, Oh no, that never happens like that. That that's not right. Do you do the same thing? uh normally yes uh I, th I think a lot of people get what the kitchen life is wrong like a lot a lot what goes on back there is wrong representing the media you know they have these shows like where people are friendly back there that is never the case the <laughs> best the best representation of what the kitchen life is um netflix i think it was netflix just released the bear um it's the the chef um the guy who was um who uh in shameless the the oldest son in Shameless. He plays the head chef. That movie nails what it's like to actually work in a kitchen. Like I was watching, I was like, I'm I'm like have, I'm twitching. I'm having flashbacks. Um, <laughs> so that's the closest they've ever got. Other than that, no, it's you know everyone has their own interpretation of what goes on in the kitchen. And if you've never been back there, you'll never get it right. Uh, um, and then the other one that I have. Um... Have you ever seen, obviously, fake food in a movie and thought, I can do that better? Uh, what do you mean by fake food? Um, just, like, anything. Like, whether it is, you know, somebody, like, something that's set out on a table or... or it's supposed somebody, to look yeah, real. Yeah, it's supposed to look oh, Okay. Um, you know what? I No, because I actually like to get a lot of my ideas from that. So I'm like, I'll see something. I'm like, I could do that, but... I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to, I'm going to make it better than what that was. Uh, and that was the original idea behind the at home with chef Tony video series. I started doing um, was to start doing that, go from cartoons eventually into movies, but it, I never got around to it. So, uh, but uh, no, I, I, I always look at something. And I'm like, I'll, I'll store it away for later. And I'll be like, I could probably make that a little bit better. Uh, Joey, the roadie says waiting, got it pretty close for uh, what it's like to work in a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the hijinks that goes on there, yes, that is one hundred percent true. The uh, the the bat wing, which oh my god, I just uh. gave you guys a recipe for that. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> if you remember the bat wing from waiting, you will get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I guess finally, oh no, go ahead, you're about to say something. Can please do? No, 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 I'm just trying to swallow my laughter here. Uh -oh. <laughs> Um, and then my other thing is, uh, are there any celebrity chefs out there that you admire? Okay. I get a lot of flack for this. Um, I love Guy Fieri. I love him because he is the nicest guy. People rag on him. Oh, he's frosted tips. He wears his sunglasses in the back of his head, the flame shirt. The guy is the nicest guy. Like if, if you're in his circle and he knows you and you're like, Hey, I want to try to do this. He will set you up and make it happen. He will get you that restaurant to watch you succeed. Um, but the other chef, Alton Brown, Alton Brown got me to love the science of cooking that opened up my world tenfold. Um, and now I actually bring a lot of that science into what I do every day. Now, uh, those two guys 
yeah. I'll defend. I'll defend Fieri all day long. Actually, oh, um, he's been through. Um, he's been through Memphis several times, and um, knowing one of the one of the restaurants that he stopped in, it was a, a friend of mine, and he was just talking so wonderfully about him and his interaction with. Um, he had a employee who had a disability and a learning disability, and um, he said that he was just so patient and nice with him and. Um, his interaction with him was just so, so, as you said, just sweet, just a sweet, mm-hmm. sweet guy. And um, just the story that he told about this particular incident, I just, I'm like, um, he might look like a douche, but he sounds super, super nice. So I'm like, I, I'm just going to have to like him. So I have yeah. to. People treat him like he's Nickelback and it's like, that's not fair. Like the guy <laughs> is actually a good guy. Yeah. Uh, you guys are sponsored by Nickelback, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> random I don't care how much Alton, money. Random fun Alton Brown story. I used to be in a band, and uh, our our guitarist was a huge fan of Alton Brown. Would go see Alton Brown live anytime they were coming near. Now Alton Brown is also a huge fan of a local donut shop here in Memphis called Gibson's Donuts. Anytime he is in, he stops and he will rave about this donut shop. So my guitarist made a habit of going to pick up a dozen of just glazed, which was apparently Alton Brown's favorite, glazed mm-hmm. donuts anytime he went to go see him and bring him the ga- glazed Gibson's donuts. Oh, that's and awesome. He ended up backstage, Alton Brown was like, yeah, come on, come on, meet me backstage one time. And uh, we randomly, our band got like a shout out by Alton Brown because because the guitarist brought him Gibson's donuts. Oh, that's so thing. cool. That's um, so cool. That's like my one Alton Brown story that's not even mine. It's like someone I know's story. Oh, I love Alton. I love Alton Brown. I mean, yeah. he's an amazing, he's not only just an amazing cook, and you said with the, the science of it, but he also is um, very entertaining. I have a, um, well, actually, she's not so young anymore, but when my youngest child, uh, I mean, was very small, she would get the option. It's like, you can either watch SpongeBob or we can watch Alton Brown. And she would pick Alton Brown every time. Just, yeah. I mean, she was that fascinated by him and loved the show that much. Um, so I'm being told that we do have to kind of wrap it up. We are at that point. So, so miles out right here says, I miss Memphis food, sad man in Lexington. I think I know who that is. Mr. Me- Memphis food is amazing. You know what? Um, he's brought us some some items from Lexington too, and they've got some pretty awesome stuff. As a matter of fact, I think that my glass is from one of the breweries in um, Ethereal Brewing. I do believe that is from one of his favorite I see spots. Bill in. Nye, the science guy of food. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. too. Like yes, that's yes. that's probably what your youngest was thinking. Like, oh, it's probably like watching Bill Nye, the science yep. guy. It is, and but a lot more fun in my opinion. So, I mean, <laughs> I like to eat. Um, <laughs> Chef Tony, can you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to come stalk you from our show? <laughs> After the yeah. bat wings, I don't know if they're going to want to, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, at Facebook uh, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bike Club Noms. That's Bike Club N O M S. Uh, my website is BikeClubNoms.com. And uh, you're going to see uh, a lot of a lot of new stuff coming up in 2023. Uh, we're going to cool. open up a bake. We're going to open up a bakehouse. Uh, we're mm. going to be bringing donuts, breads, things like that, uh, treats to the to the world. So, so yes. yeah, we have a lot. Very good. Well, there, there's a food truck in our very near future. 
All right. All right. Okay. That sounds awesome. And guys, I hate to cut this off because this has been a fun show. It's been very entertaining. And I think we've learned a few. We've actually learned things. We know how to make bat wings now. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you guys edit uh, the uh, actual recipe as soon as we quit here. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. And guys, with that said, pleasant screams. Bye. That's all, Ladies. folks.